sticks with it. I just don't like when it touches my skin. Are I'm these like, things on? Are we rolling? Okay. Uh, you ready to get started? Let's get started. Let's roll. Let's be clear about this, guys. We're not going to agree on everything. I'm new in town. How was your day? How the fuck was your day? I'm the machine. Machine. You might be a redneck. A bunch of men talking about barbecue grill. Animals must think we're idiots. We're idiots. Since you love me so much. What? What's the deal with everything? What I would suggest is just start. Welcome back to Opening the Mic. This is the weekly podcast where you follow along with two aspiring comedians on our journey from open micers to real deal comedians. I'm Travis Stevenson. And I'm John Murphy. And last week we went over uh, trying some new spots out at some different clubs. We've done some more of that. And also we were prepping for a comedy competition. And we do have the results. The results are in and we're going to get into that today. So, uh, this week. I'm giddy. Shut up. <laughs> Maybe someone placed slightly higher than someone else. <laughs> Maybe. Or whatever. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Competitions are done. You said it yourself. This table looks... <coughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, shit. Isn't that cool? That's the best part is I got a fucking WW... I say WWF. I've never gotten on board WWE. Yeah, but well, the World Wildlife Federation would be upset with you. I but. got me a wrestling belt. I wear this thing everywhere. The shower, Denny's. You know, Let's get it up there. Let's just so they can see it. Look at that. There's a, there's a glare from the lighting, but yeah, it says Blue Ridge Comedy Bristol's Funniest 2021, and this is a custom handmade belt, especially for Travis on his win. <laughs> it's whatever. Doesn't Where'd you even... place, bro? Where'd you place? I did well. Uh, actually, I took second, which I'm I'm stoked about. And all bullshitting aside. I whipped your ass the first round. Everyone knows it. And then the <laughs> second round, you absolutely murdered, dude. There was there was no question. I don't know if you you were probably like on that off stage high when you came by me, but I was like, it's over. When you walked by me before I'd went up, before anybody else had went up, because you went like what second or third? Well, yeah, we'll just walk it back. We'll set the stage. So we get told that there's going to be a comedy competition. Would anybody be interested? And I'm like, well, we're too new. So like, we could just go up for funsies, but I feel like we would just drag the vibe of the room down. Right. Because as soon as you say competition and there's a chance for like a credit or a title to win and some money, people were coming from all over. People were driving mm -hmm. in from several hours away. There was a lot of, excuse me, there's a lot of people that went to this competition. So I'm like, there's no way in fuck I'm going to win this thing. Right. But, you know, it's like. But it would look good as a credit mm -hmm. to say we did it. That's what, you know, I was telling, you know, the owner of the club was like, it's it's good experience, it's good to get yourself out there, it's good to give it a shot. So we both entered in the competition, and the first night was broken up into two brackets of like, I don't know, it felt like 10 or 15 comedians in each bracket. So there was like an early show and a late show. Everybody got five minutes the first night. If you were the top three from each heat, you got to go on to the second night, and you got to do a 10-minute spot. Right. So the first night... I was supposed to go on the first heat, you know, the early show. Right. And one of the guys asked me if I would switch with him just because of scheduling. And I was like, yeah, sure, why the hell not? And it ended up working out because everybody that went on in the first heat had a murderous five minutes. Yeah. You know, and like the people who that got the top three from that had really had to earn it because there was a ton of funny people in that. Yeah. And then in the second heat, you know, we go up to do our five and 
I didn't go with what I thought was my strongest was, five. Not that the not that the people in the second heat aren't funny. No, God it, no. No, it's just that they were a lot of new people like us. Mm-hmm. We weren't we weren't facing some of the people who'd been doing it for so long. The competition was stiff in the second round, but the competition in the first, I wouldn't have wanted to even be a judge because I'm like, I don't know how you pick. Right. Because like everybody had just an insane five. Yep. And then the second night, or the the second show, um, I go up and I I didn't do what I thought was my best five. I went with like a unique five. Yeah. Because like uh, some advice I got was go with like a personal story or something that's unique to you because you're going to get points for originality. Originality was a big, it was like judged on originality, uh, stage presence. Audience got a vote. And audience reaction were the three things the judges were based on. And then the audience got a vote themselves. That's how that was all judged. Which I knew, I, like, I didn't have any friends in the yeah, audience. I, was I didn't like, bring anybody either. So. Yeah, I was like, well, nobody loves me, so I'm not going to get that point. But I went with this story that, you know, it's unique to me. No one else fucking got this weird ass, and it's just some childhood upbringing stuff. But it's not, in my opinion, as funny as some other stuff. But, you know, that's more generic stuff like sex. Everybody's got a joke about sex or yeah. porn or marriage or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go with that. And the first night, you know, I go through and I do okay, I got some good laughs, but not what I heard from the earlier show. And you go up and you just murder, absolutely destroy. You used your tightest five. Yep. And you fucking killed. And that was probably my best five I'd ever done in that club. That five for the competition on the first, the first night. And that was a, that was a big thing. Me and you talked about several, several times between the first and second show. It's like, do you do that five again to close? Or do you come up with, you know, you're, you know, together we we both probably have 15, 20 minutes of pretty solid stuff collectively. And it's like, do I do that five that I know, my best five that I know kills again? The tried and true, tested. Right. Or do I give 10 brand new? And your thought was. Go with the tried and true. Go with the, go with the. I just. Everyone, I should have, I should have done that. Yeah, 100%. It's like lead with what's belt. best. Lead with what's best is what I thought. And then, you know, I go, and then they go to do. They announced the top three, and they call my name first. I'm like, holy shit, I did this? I'm like, well, I mean, I am I am kind of funny or whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever. And then, I, you know, the judges decided to tell me, like, dude, you barely made it in. It was within, <laughs> yeah. like, a oh, point. I'm like, fuck. So I'm like the little Cinderella story now. Like, I hate that I ruined the ending for everybody, but basically I was dead last on yep. a, you know, less happening heat. So I was like... And not to brag, but it's the only thing I've got since I didn't win... They told me that it was resounding, no questions asked, far blown away my first place finish on the on the first heat. Yeah. On the, the first night they were like, Yeah, you murdered it. There was no question. The only question was second and third. So then your bright idea was, hey, let's go celebrate by getting super drunk before the competition. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. that was a good idea. So we go out and the whole time we're out, we're, you know, you're just rubbing it in that I barely made it of in. Of course, like now, you wouldn't have. Oh, dude, that got in my head too. I'm like, fuck. Not you uh, bragging, but it got in my head that I barely made it in. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not as funny as I thought I was. But also, you know, there's people who've been doing this for years that mm-hmm. are up here. There's seasoned people who've been traveling from several hours away to come perform here. And then there's people who are beating you who've been doing it like a week <laughs> less than you. And, you know, there's a lot of things in your head, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and then we go out and then we see people who are at the show and like, oh, my. And they were walking up to you. You were so funny. And then like, of course, that makes you look like you're the hero. And I feel like, oh, I'm the other guy. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you were. You were you. <laughs> yeah, you made it too, right? Maybe or something. Yeah. I mean, I had to rub it. You would have done it too. Yeah. There's but no. you were feeling so, you know, Im- cocky from oh, winning yeah, that 100%. whenever you're like, I'm going to do a, a new 10 just because I want to give them some fresh. I don't want people returning 
and having to hear the same story. Yep, turns out whole new crowd, yeah. like no repeat visitors. They would have loved that five again, but what I I'd already you. decided I wanted to do a fresh 10, something nobody had heard there. And it was good enough to get second, I guess. There's like, I can hang my hat on that, but. So the second show happens, and it's 10 minutes, and it's a much weirder vibe in the crowd that night. Because we don't know who the judges are. You know, they pick, you know, certain comedians, but then they also pick like friends of comedians. And like, we didn't really know who they were. And that, we think that matters a little because it's like, well, hell, I, I'd like to know who the judges are. Yeah. Maybe I can see them and guesstimate what kind of comedy they're going to like. Maybe yep. I can use that to my advantage, but we didn't know. And I just knew that I came in dead freaking last, and the heavy hitters who were murdering in the first heat were going to go up tonight. And I'm like, well, shit. You know, I'm just going to go up and have fun, yeah. and hopefully you don't place because I don't want you to rub it in. And that was my <laughs> only thought. I was like, man, it's just like if I don't, like I know I'm not going to place, but fuck it, just, just nothing better than third. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. all I want. And the two guys who killed on the first night, they go up, and their fives were so solid. And then their tens, you know, one guy I think's hilarious. You know, he ended up placing third. And then the other guy who, he's got a really strong five. He's a one-liner comedian. And for some reason, um, yeah, and I don't they know. They just didn't respond as they well. They just did not respond. Like, I don't know if it was the crowd or if maybe those comedians you can only take in small doses. I don't know what happened, but. Like, the response the first night was like, dude, this guy's probably going to win it. Yeah. And then the second night, like, they just didn't, the crowd didn't respond as mm -hmm. well. It, I don't think he did anything majorly different. I just think the response wasn't there like it was the first night for him. And then there's a female comedian who's pretty funny mm -hmm. who was going up, and she was from that first heat, too, and I'm always nervous, too, because I'm like, shit, there's that damn female perspective, and there's a yeah. lot of girls in the audience. Which and... I can't give you any female no, perspective. No. I've got bitch tits, but I don't have a vagina. Yeah. So. <laughs> These, I mean, the real tits, they're just, they don't produce anything other than <laughs> shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've got that in droves. So she goes up there, and I'm like, fuck, she's going to crush. And then she... Uh, she had a little bit of a slip up. Like she forgot her set halfway through and she had to go read from her notebook, which I'm like, it's fine for open mic, but it's a little tough in a competition. And I, think that, I think that's what hurt her in points more than anything. I think so too. Is that she had to refer back to her notes. She which, got the crowd back. She did great, but. Oh yeah. I mean, she's in a she's competition. Funny. Yeah. And I think because stage presence was re recorded so heavily, I think that's what pushed her out of, out of contention. But my response on the second night crowd response was nowhere near what it was the first night. I mean, I had them laughing. I had I, I had a good crowd response, but I murdered that first night. Like that was probably the first time at any comedy event where I felt like like I really got these people. Like I had them rolling. I had the laughs where I wanted them. I could you know rope them in and out, in and out. The second night I didn't have that. They were laughing. They enjoyed it, but not like not like what I expected. And I remember when they got ready to start calling the winners. And uh, Ryan uh, is the guy who took third place. He's fucking hilarious good friend of ours. We like him a lot. And when they called him, I was like, fuck, that was my only opportunity. Cause I'm not taking first or second. My mm -hmm. only chance was maybe to squeak in at third. Oh, when, okay. So I go up and do my 10 and I remember I'm like, I'm not going to win and I can't do the shit I did before. So I'm going to do the five that I wanted to do at the end. Mm -hmm. And then I got to kill some time. So I'm going to do the first bit I ever did. And I'm going to do it again. Just, just kind of like for funsies. Yeah. And then I was like, I had this bit I did one time. It was seasonal. And it was, uh, it was something that was, you know, about, you know, cause this was around Christmas. So this was mm -hmm. like a Christmas themed joke. It was kind of right. risque talking about black Santa. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to try it and just see how it goes. Cause everybody told me not to do it. And I'm like, I kind of want to. So just to prove it's wrong. Yeah. That's just what I did. And I go up there and I know I'm going to finish dead fucking last. So all the pressure was off and I could just get loose. And I remember getting off there and not thinking I did that good. 
because I was just having fun up there. Oh, no. And then everybody's like, you fucking murdered. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I just thought the audience wasn't, maybe I was in my own head too much, but I didn't think the audience was giving that much to anybody. I was like, you're like, oh, the audience didn't respond for me. Then I'm like, I don't think they'd laugh for Murphy at all. I was like, did they laugh for anybody? They, I mean, it was a, it was a much colder audience the second night. No, no questions asked. Oh, I know, but we, it, it was sold out both nights. Like it was a packed house both mm-hmm. nights, but that second night it was much, much colder. But you, you murdered. It was like, one of those things where we go back and we listen to the, because they recorded this. We go back and listen to him. I'm like, I don't remember this many people laughing. But you go back and listen, it sounds like a fucking studio laugh track. Oh, yeah. It was like, I knew the second you got off stage, I was like, that's, it's over. Well, when it was, when they were calling the, the names of the winners, uh, I was standing in the very back of the room by the bar trying to close my tab because I'm like, well, time to get out of here. You know? <laughs> I told you when you walked back by after coming off stage, I was like, it's over. You, it's done. Well, see, you said that. I'm like, okay, cool. He's my friend. And then we go outside and. Yeah, but I'm not like. I one like of the comedians you, that, that I'm like. It was something that I've said since I've been there. Is like, I've never gotten like praise or respect or something from the comedians. And it's like that weird thing that you want is just yeah. like, yeah, it's cool that people are laughing at my jokes and they're coming up to me and saying they liked it. But I'd really want my peers to say, yeah, yeah. You're, you're accepted. You're part right. of the cool crowd. Because whenever you're just starting out, you feel like you don't fit in. And you just need a little bit of acceptance, someone just to acknowledge that you're doing good at the thing you want to be good at. And I was standing outside and he goes, I think you won this thing. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, clearly it's you or the other guy are fighting for first and second, and I don't know who's getting third. Yeah, It's a race for third. And so when they called it, I'm in the back of the room, and they called me first, and I'm like, what the fuck? Well, first they said your name, and I'm like, what the fuck? And they said, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Was- well, I mean, admittedly, that was my initial response, too. When they called Ryan, as soon as they called Ryan's name, I was like, well, yeah. I'm not even placing, so I'm done here. I thought it was going to be Ryan, and then I thought it was going to be one of the girls, and then I thought it was going to be the... Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, the guy from the that drove in from a few hours that away. That murdered the first night. Murdered. Didn't have a great response second night, but still a really funny guy. Murdered. And uh, as soon as they called Ryan, because my only hope was to get third. I was so salty when I heard your name second. Normally, I'm like, oh, congratulations, Murphy. And I don't get bitter or jealous. But when I heard you were second, I'm like, motherfucker, I'm never going to live this down. See, we were on opposite sides of the room. We weren't standing together when they started calling winners. And I knew you were in there. And once they called Ryan third, I was like, okay, Travis got either second or first. And I'm not going to place at all. So I knew you were going up there. And then they called me second, and my first thought was, fuck, if Travis wins this, I am never going to hear the end of it. Like, please let some kind of fluke happen where he doesn't make it up here. Not that I don't want you to win, but I can't let you have beat me for this long. (laughs) And then they call my name, and the guy's like, did you not think you were going to? Because like, I had to walk from what felt like an hour away to walk up there, and I'm walking past all these people, and I felt guilty. I felt like I took something because I'm like, you know, some of these people have been doing this shit for years. Yeah. They traveled in. They had to spend gas money. I kind of just showed up and, and you know, it's like, I've been doing this at the time and only done it a couple of months. Yeah. And it, today I just felt like, oh, God. And, you know, truthfully, like, the after effect, like, everybody was real positive and nice. And we all went out to eat, you know, afterwards. And it was super cool. Yep. But then, like, a couple weeks after, it's like people start acting a little different towards you. Yep. Like, because they're like, oh, you guys have it. Like, it used to be so easy to find people to workshop with. Yeah. It's like, hey, let me bounce this off to you. And you're like, yeah, well, your bristle's funny, so fuck off. Yeah, so <laughs> fuck off. Like, I'm not going to tell you shit. You probably just steal it and, and go get, you know, more super awesome gold belts. <laughs> that is pretty sick, though. One, like one of the comedians that we, uh, that we go to the club with all the time. I think he was in the competition as well. Yeah, another regular there. Um, he he does leather work, and he actually handmade that. It's really He's really good at it. He made us all joke books and shit, too. So shout out to Johnny. That's really awesome. We'll try to have him on at some point. 
And um, he made you a consolation belt too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Show that you got it over there. Yeah, to be a dick, this is what Johnny gave me for Christmas. It was uh, one that he messed up the lettering. He didn't like it on, or he didn't like the color of the leather or something. And he just took a piece of tape and wrote almost <laughs> across it because he's a fucking dick. Oh, my God. But he told me I'd keep it and take it home. So now when Travis pulls his belt out and starts walking around naked with it. Oh, you know. that is the first thing I did, too, as I went oh, home. Oh, you shot that promo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I was like, <laughs> I felt so WWE embarrassed. promo. Well, like, we, went out, we had to go out and we had to walk down the street to go to restaurants and, and find food. And I've got this fucking stupid belt that says, it's not stupid, it's awesome. But when you're walking Down amongst regular street. people who are, who are drunk on a Saturday night and you're just like, you got a belt that says, I'm funny. Like, it's like I brought my wrestling belt to tell people I'm yeah. funny. And I don't know, man. I was just so embarrassed. And, and I was with all the people that I just beat. So, like, I didn't want to, like, I don't know. I just felt weird. I just felt, like, nervous about hanging out with them because I felt like I took what they – because they really wanted it. Yeah. And I'd already – given up get already given up hope so I'm like that belt's not mine so the fact that I got it I was like oh shit I got this and I didn't even want it and you motherfuckers really wanted it (laughs) but then like there's so much more that comes through so we got prize money we got this I get to do a 20 minute set and they put my fucking picture on the wall yep I had to go take these it's like real deal stuff now like I don't know it's it's almost like a like a a page turn or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like not that we're you know doing spots at the funny bone or anything like that but it's like Put a little respect on the name, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it was hard not to feel that way. And it, yeah, well, it also comes down to like, it's also a local competition with a bunch of judges that are just local comedians or friends of comedians. It's not like you know this. It's not like America voted for this or anything. But the number one vote, the number one thing that decides this is audience. And these were complete strangers, oh, yeah, which I walked away with. Yeah, I ran away with it. <laughs> well, they said that you and me were really close, which I was like, bullshit. Like, that's the only thing that devalues I mean, this I, belt a little I bit. I saw the scoring. It's whatever. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, the thing that the the deciding factor on this was what the audience thought, and it was mm-hmm. a room full of strangers, and they thought you were the funniest person in there. So regardless of whether it's like, you know the judge's style of comedy or whether some of these comics have been doing it for 10 years or not are like, yeah, he's really got the chops or it's just, he's, you know, got a couple of like, regardless of any of that, that room thought you were the funniest motherfucker there and they can't take that shit ever. Like that's, that's done. And see, that was like the second night, I, you know, I've, I've gotten laughs from the audience, but like what I wanted was respect from the comedians, which honestly, that's the most important thing. You no, know. it doesn't fucking matter. Because isn't the objective of a comedian to make the room laugh? Right. It's not to make the comedians laugh. Exactly. So even if a guy's been doing it for 10 years and he thinks you're hacky or your shit's not funny or it's too cliche or you're just doing funny voices or whatever whatever bullshit you've yeah. heard already, none of that shit matters because the objective of a comedian is to make a room full of strangers laugh. Exactly. And you did that better than anyone two days in a row. Well, I did it better than anyone well, one day. The first you night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first night. So I've got... I've got jokes that like I these are the first jokes that I wrote and when I go up to the open mic I just started riffing on the city that we're in Bristol yeah. and some of the shit that it's known for and you know it got really good laughs so I just like well I'll just keep doing this and you know I kept working at them and they became some of my funnier bits that people like yeah but they're very hometown oriented right. you would need to retool them a lot to work them in other cities and that pisses a lot of the other comedians off because people laugh at it. And to them, they're like, he's just, it's like, cause he's talking about hometown pride and he's saying the name of the place. And I don't like that. 
So during the competition, I had several comedians go up after me, and be like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't just fucking say Dale Earnhardt and Bristol," and like, I don't say that. But, yeah. but I mean, actually, maybe I do <laughs> a little. But <laughs> the point is, like, you couldn't do that for any other city. Like, it's not it's not that hard. Like the fact that you have that joke about here is because you're here. Oh yeah. Like there's no there's no reason that you couldn't tweak that slightly and have it about fucking L.A. in yeah. two seconds. Oh yeah. It's just, all you're doing is poking fun at the shitty part of this city. And Every city has a shitty part. All you got to do is pluck that thing out, plug it in, and you still roll with the same thing. And also, you don't even have to make jokes about the city you're in. You can talk about the place that talk about talk about you talk about you got to take that one. <laughs> maybe you do got to talk about. The place maybe you, you do talk about. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, shoot, damn God, man! <laughs> right. All you got to do is talk about where I'm from. Hey, I'm from a shitty small town. Yeah. Here's the thing about that. And that's what we've started doing, going to other clubs. Yeah. It's like there's got to be ways we can open up or a through line, and it's like. If I'm too far out, which we've started branching out going to different places, if I'm too far out, because I travel, you know, we both travel for work. So, like, yeah. whenever I go to, you know, Richmond or D.C. and it's up on, like, on the East Coast and, you know, people don't have the Southern accent and they don't do the, you know. Yeah, they don't know about this little NASCAR so town we're from. I can still get them to laugh with that. It just takes a lot of extra work. You just got to explain where you're coming from. And it's still, and actually, we have stories about that. But we're going to save that for probably the next episode. We'll talk about some of the new Yeah, I'm just going to gush about how good I did. This is the most proud my parents have ever been. It's really the only, tro- I don't have any trophies at home. I've got this. <laughs> and when I was five years old, you know, I got a trophy for, uh, I think I was in Snow White in the Missoula Theater. So, oh, fucking, yeah. A couple faces for well, my that's acting why, chops. That's why I kind of laid down on the second day. You know, like I, I could have, I could have won it, but like my shelf is just full of little league trophies oh. and, and football and baseball. Like I've got all kinds of stuff. I was in math counts. I got a medal for that, which is kind of a fucking big so, deal. After I get this, you know, I was embarrassed to have it just because like, I felt like I didn't deserve it and I'm walking around with this thing. But then I get home and I'm alone and no one's around and I just I hadn't even really put it on. And I put that motherfucker on and I start walking around with it and I'm like, and I just start doing like my childhood comes out every WWF intro that I could remember. Yeah. I did them to the fullest to piss my wife off, and I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And then she started laughing. She's like, "You got to send it." So of course, yeah, I you fucking, said that that fucking murdered me, dude. That and was I, you know, I got to do it big, so I set up fucking strobe lights and I was <laughs> yeah. spitting water and climbing up on chairs like it was the top rope. Maybe like somehow link it in this or put it in here somehow or something. Figure out some way to like. Oh, and then you saw people like you know leaving the group message because like <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "I don't want to." They thought it was serious. Like, I don't want to be fucking associated with. That loser. But that's something that I've noticed too. Is like after this happened, it's like getting workshops and stuff. That's that's getting tough. And then the the shittiest part is like because that's the open mic we go to all the time because it's the most convenient. But when I go up, sometimes some motherfucker will have to just let it slide. That oh, that's Bristol's funniest. And I'm just like, hey, yeah, but hey, I'm working out a new thing that I just wrote this morning. So maybe don't give these people the expectation I'm going to be hilarious. Like, yeah, I can see how that could be a problem. Because like where we've done. We did so many shows there, like showcases or weekend shows or competitions yeah. where it was like where we were doing the same, you know, five or same 10, mm-hmm. a lot of the same stuff. So it used to be whenever I'd go to an open mic, I would start with, you know, I try to work in something new and then have something that's tested as right. well. That way I can figure out, okay, you know, try to give this thing a little light, see where I need to go with it. And now I'm like, well, fuck, I've said these things so many times. Like, you know, even the tried and true is not going to work because people yeah. have already heard them. So I'm like, I need to just come with all new fives. And my goal was like, I'm going to have like four or five bit ideas in this five. 
And whichever one gets the most love, that's the one I'm going to work on. Yeah. Problem is, most of them eat shit. <laughs> I uh, I learned something quickly after all of this. Is like when I'm coming up with new fives or I'm working on a new bit. My problem is, and it's something I'm going to have to seriously address. Most of my shit is a five minute story. Mm -hmm. Like I've got three five minute bits that I can't separate. I can't pull like, okay, here's a, here's a joke that hits out of it. Let me use it and try something new along with it. So at least I've got one good joke. Like my whole story has to be told the whole time. So in order to try new stuff, I've got to try all new stuff from, and that's a problem. Cause it's like, you're going in there totally blind and just hoping and something else. Since this is a podcast about aspiring comedians, becoming real comedians at some point, hopefully in the future, something I recently learned after the competition, me and you were talking about it and I was like, Hey, you know, you've got a lot of weekend spots. Like you were getting a bunch of offers. Some of the stuff you were having to turn down cause you were traveling a lot, but like 10 to one, what I was, I had never been offered really a weekend spot. Oh yeah. And I was getting to do, I get to do a showcase my second week in comedy. Yeah. You're getting showcases, you're getting weekend spots, you're getting asked to go up and open for traveling comedians and stuff to, you know, guest spots or whatever. And I'm like, why? I mean, I understand that, especially after the competition, you won the competition. You're the first call on that. Mm -hmm. But once you turn it down, why am I not getting called? Like, yeah. it, is it because he didn't think I deserved second? Like, you know, I'm starting to get in my feels a little bit. So I talked to the club owner one afternoon after uh, like an open mic. And I was like, hey, um, you know, kind of kind of like fishing a little bit. I was like, hey, you know, I'm available for weekends. He's like, oh, really? Cool. And like the next day he called me and was like, can you do this day, this day or this day? And I'm like, fuck, that's all it took. He's like, yeah, I just didn't know you wanted to do it. Yeah. And so ask, fucking yeah. ask. Like, that's a thing. Like, I thought it was like, well, if he really wanted me, he'd ask me. No, because when we first started and he said, like the second time I went up, he's like, you seem really comfortable on stage. I'm gonna have to get you on some weekend spots. And because I'm a nervous little bitch, my initial response was, I don't think I'm ready for a weekend show. You know, I don't think I'm good enough for that yet. Just trying to be humble and trying to hide my fear a little bit or whatever. And I guess he just held on to that. And as soon as I told him I was available, he's asked me like every other weekend since then to do something. And I've had to turn like three or four of them down because of work stuff. But that's all it took. So if you're ever questioning whether somebody wants you to do us, just ask, man. That's a thing that I oh, yeah, just, I considered. I was like reaching out to like clubs in, the, in yeah. these places that I was going to, like bigger clubs, and I'm like, I've got a credit now, and you know, I, got a, I had to get a headshot so I could get it put on the wall, so I've got a headshot and a credit, and I'm like, here's a 10, you know, you can, here's a recent 10, and you send it, no one would give a shit, because mm -hmm. like, nobody's got time to watch that, and then I would reach out to people that I knew that I met from other open mics or from other shows, and I would just reach out to them, and I'd be like, hey, I'm going to be in this area on, on, at this time, do you know any shows that are going on? I'd love to, you know, come to a guest spot or something like that, and I've gotten way more... Yeah, from just asking people as opposed to trying to ask clubs or try to because I'm not educated enough. I mean, we'll figure that out as we go on, but I'm still not sure how the booking gets done on yeah. some of these bigger. Clubs. Well, I think a lot of it, especially in our area, because it's a smaller area. I mean, you got places like you know L.A., New York, Chicago, Nashville, all these Austin, all these big comedy towns. There's a plethora of comics. They, there's no shortage of people that they need to fill spots, mm -hmm. and most of it is probably going to be like, "Hey, I did some work with this guy, this guy, and this guy." Uh, let's call them in. Whereas here, there's not that many comics, I don't think. Uh, people that are professional enough to be able to say, yes, I've got a five, I've got a seven, I've got a ten, I've got exactly what you need. I can do it clean. I yeah. Can do, yeah. So uh, I think the biggest thing here is the other comics help the booker. So it's like, you know, 
Joe Schmo Booker or whatever's like, hey, Lisa, I'm doing a show Friday. Mm-hmm. Do you have anybody that can come do five minutes? That's how they're filling these shows as opposed to having this giant list of people that they've worked with before because a lot of these, especially these like open mic type situations we're doing around here are places that don't do comedy regularly. It's like a brewery or something like that that is, is oh filling God. a weekend. Speaking of, like, so I was at an open mic, my God, and... You know, there was a big turnout for the comedians, like probably 30 comedians there. And where, I signed where up. Where were you, first of all? I was in Richmond. Okay. Uh, Richmond, Virginia, RVA, baby. And <laughs> I signed up. For work. Yeah. You didn't, like, go up there for this show. No, not because I love the city or anything, because <laughs> I, I don't. There's so many places I would rather spend my time. I'd, you know, D.C.'s right across the, the pond there. But, um, you know, Richmond's, it's gotten a lot better. But anyways, um, I, I go to this open mic, and I was the second to sign up. And, they, and it was, like, 30 comedians, and they put me on dead fucking last and i'm like okay well that's fine because you know i'm new they don't know me right i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna watch all but you these... weren't the last to sign up no i was the second to sign up but i guess they put me last because these other comedians they were trying to go to other open mics that night and i just remember sitting through it and i, and I was blown away because like so many of them had they said they got to do showcases at you know sandman and sand showcases at funny bone in town, I'm like, okay, so these which people are sh- big, big clubs for the like, for yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you well see, known spots where like people better than open micers have performed before. Yeah, TJ Miller's going to either Sandman or Funny Bone like next weekend or something. Right, there. so it's like a, a real deal. A club. legit, yeah. They've got big national touring people that everybody knows, and they've done showcases there. So I'm like, they must be at least decent. Yeah, and that was the worst open mic I've ever sat through. Like, and this is not stuff that was being tried out because they were saying like, yeah, I'm just gonna do some old stuff. And, you know, they're tried, true, tested stuff. And I was just like, I felt like I was in prison. I had to sit through all of this awful, awful comedy and then watch all these people leave. And there was like a big, huge crowd. And then by the time I get up there, there's like fucking six people left. And I do well, but I was just so irritated at like that my time was stolen. But, you know, I was still nice to everybody, still cordial with everybody, still talked to the guy, got his information, who was putting it on. Yeah. And the club owner here was like, he's like, yeah, did you... Did you talk to him? Did you make good connections? I was like, yeah, but I didn't stick around as long as I should have to talk. I just bolted yeah. out of there. And he's like, yeah, don't do that. Because he's running a mic now, but he might be running this. And if he's got connections at these places, even if they're not funny, he goes, you need to like make I mean, connections. Gotta, that's a good point. That's a solid point that probably needs to be remembered. But like, I remember talking to you before you went up, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to try this mic. It's at a brewery. You know? And at this point, the only places we've done, and we'll talk about the other place we've done next time, but we've only done our open mic. I've done that one club that shut down. And then together we'd done another comedy type club, fairly local, about an hour away from our home club. And that's it. So this was the first time you were going outside of like oh, yeah. our little pocket. So you were nervous about it, of course. And you're like, you know, I don't know how my stuff's going to play there. You know, I've got a lot of stuff that talks about how I grew up, which is people can relate to back home, but I don't know if they can relate to it up here. So you were nervous going into it and everything. And, I remember you calling me afterwards and be like, fucking, no one is funny here. Like, And it's not like because they don't do the type of shit I do or they don't do the type of shit you do. No. It's like just dry. Like you were telling me some of the people's bits and I was like, and then? And you're like, nope, that's no, it. That's it. That's how they that's ended. The end like, and, and thank you. Good night. <laughs> I was like, I wish I would have recorded it because I, not to disparage anybody because I think anyone can try stand up and anyone can be funny. But the whole point of stand up is to make people laugh. The number one key. I think to anyone becoming successful in anything they do artistically, especially stand-up comedy. And I'm again, we say it every time, talking from a place of very little experience. Eh, I get get there. <laughs> Fuck it. Screw the disclaimer. These people sucked. 
Self-awareness, man. It's everything. Like you have to be able to step back and go, was that funny? Or is it just because I thought it was clever? Is it like you're trying to prove how smart you are, how much you know about a thing or whatever? Or are you actually saying something that makes people laugh? And if you can't step back and look at that and say that, you're not going to fucking be able to make it. Yeah. Anyone in this world could be a stand-up comic if you have enough introspective ability to like look at yourself and be like, is this, is this funny? And if you can't judge yourself extremely harshly, it's not going to work out. Yeah. So I suggest everyone try it. But if you're the type of person who thinks that everything you do is great, like you got to hate yourself a little, to a do little, comedy. well, you got to, well, the thing is you got to, I enjoy criticism. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you don't get feedback on something, how the hell are you going to know what to fix? Right. If I don't know what's broken or you know what somebody thinks is broken, how am I going to be able to work on anything? Right. But my thing is, like, if you're doing what I'm doing, I'm not trying to get famous. I'm just trying to get good at something I like. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy stand-up, and I want to get good. That's why, for me, it does matter, like, what the other comedians think. I want them, I do want to be respected and be like, oh, I think you're legit. I don't think you're doing a bunch of cheap tricks. You're not hack. Right. But yeah. out there, I was like, these people, some of them, genuinely thought they were, like, next up-and-coming rising stars. And, you know, they were getting a little annoyed with the audience when they weren't laughing not at their based bits. off of the shit you told me. <laughs> They're not no. going to make it, kid. That's one thing I don't understand. It's like when people get pissed when you don't laugh, like they turn on, they get mad at the audience. They turn on the like, audience. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you motherfuckers. I'm yeah, like, be better. I'm like, I don't know what to I'm, like I'm an easy laugh because I want to support. I, you know, I'm, I'm up, I sat in the front. Yeah. And, you know, because I thought, you know, like, oh, let's fill the front row. And then, of course, everybody decides to fucking pick on me. And some of the shit they asked me was just you so... You told me you were the only person in the front row. Oh, yeah, by a well, long shot. Well, like that's a thing we do here at our local club. It's like everybody fills up the front row because yeah. you want to be supportive and, you know, let laugh. the... Yeah. If it's an open mic, you, you're easier with your laughs. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting <laughs> on the front row and you're the only motherfucker. Dude, that reminds me. Oh, th- like, did I tell you that one guy? He was just... <laughs> he was like... Hey man, you right there. It was a joke about his grandmother, and I was laughing at it. And he goes, "Your be- your grandmother better have fucking dementia if you're gonna laugh at that." And I'm like, "Let's say she does." And then he goes, "He goes, do you do you shop for groceries?" And I'm like, "Sometimes." He goes, "When are those times?" And I'm like, "When I need food." And he goes, "What do you go?" And I'm like, "Kroger." And he goes, "Okay." And then he just moves on. <laughs> but it fuck? wasn't even like it's I'm like, like a questionnaire. And like. Even how I'm saying it now is funnier than how it was delivered. It was like legitimately. <laughs> oh, this I'm not guy. laughing because that's a funny bit. I'm laughing because that guy thought it was a funny no, bit. No, but even then, like the way he asked it, it was literally like he just took a break out of his set to ask me where I shop for groceries. <laughs> oh yeah, they got good I'm prices. Like, is this going somewhere? Cool. Is this his crowd work? I'm like, this has got to be a bit. And then nope. Like all right, moving on. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Anyway, that reminds me, you being the only person in the front row. Please tell me you remember about the time we were on the Marta in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. This is my first time. Small town country boy. You know, grew up in Hickville. And this is my first trip to a big city. We're going to the ATL, the dirty hot Atlanta. We went down there for a concert or something. And then, like, we're so fucking poor white trash idiots. Like, for entertainment, they're like, let's go see the airports. Back when you could just still go into an airport and fucking walk around. I think we were headed to the aquarium or somewhere. Some shit. I don't know, but... The, we get the, on this public transportation. Short and narrow, first time on public transportation. I'm oh, assuming. Yeah. yeah, it was around public been transportation. Out a little more than him at this point. Uh, my family did a little more traveling. I not that we were like rich. We just had family that lived 
several different places so we could go. So I'd been on like a subway and the tram before, and there's a tram in Atlanta called the Marta, <laughs> which is an above ground subway. It was all it is if you've never been just there. the monorail. But we get on there, and Bro. some dude gets up, and he's this scary. Obviously homeless, obviously high, large black dude, and he just starts doing really dark political poetry, and he does it for like five minutes, and nobody pays him any mind. Please let me tell it from my perspective. <laughs> so we're, we're like, how old are we at the time? 15? 14. 14, 15. And we're sitting on the Marta, and it's me and him sitting side by side, and the, my uncle and uh, a couple of his friends are the ones that brought us down here to go to this concert. And they're all sitting off to themselves and we got in a seat. We're sitting side by side and we're doing that old like high school bus thing where you got your knees on the seat in front of you. And we're just sitting back there, all cool kids quietly. And I hear this guy going off. And my initial thought is, oh, God, here we go. We're going to listen to this for the entire ride. So the guy finished it. I'll never forget the way he finished it. He's talking about how like it's hard living life as him or whatever. And his final line is, I was born to die but I'm hard as hell to kill. And as soon as he hits that final line from directly beside me, I just hear, <laughs> and I immediately go, no. <laughs> and I look over. <laughs> yeah, I got you, yeah dude, I got you, man. Well, like I've been taught to be polite after someone performs, you clap. I was like, fuck, I guess they just have entertainment just like on this flight. open mic, being generous with your love. Yeah. So I start clapping, and I'm and no one's there. And I give it a good try, too. It's not like, oh, we're not doing this. No, I'm like, yeah. And then, so this guy Silence takes this throughout the bus. as the cue to come stand beside me and try to he hustle me for money. so quick. Dude, he like came he was right the to me. the bus. He's like, this guy liked it. Hey, man, I just need a couple dollars. And I was like, oh. Fuck I'm like, it. I'm 14, my parents gave me money, and then they gave it to the adults because they didn't trust me with it. <laughs> it was, that was one of those, like, oh, we are out of our element. I'll never forget that, dude. Like, how fast that motherfucker got from the front of the bus oh where he was doing God. his performance to the seat beside you. Like, what's up, young blood? Uh, I'm going to need a couple dollars. And you're like, I <laughs> has no dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get, we're in the hotel. Mike. Oh, yeah, we're in the hotel, and... uh you know, I'd never been out of, but people talk about Atlanta being rough and being dangerous. And we get in the hotel, and it's just you and me. And I'm not used to like going off by myself. But like we're gonna go off, and we're gonna go get, you know, something from a vending machine. And, Rice Krispie uh, treats and Dr yeah. Pepper to chase our crown roll. Yeah, because you know Murphy's uncle was sneaking his alcohol, so we're gonna go get chasers. And I'm like, I'm already doing bad things. <laughs> so like, you know, I'm nervous. And then the elevator opens, and it's just us two. And then these two giant. Super intimidating black dudes get on like six Monster. three muscled out just diesel ass black dudes and then the elevator doesn't fucking go it's like it stalls out and we're just sitting in there and I'm just like I don't know why I was scared but I was just like if these guys wanted to beat the shit out of me they could yeah if they want my wallet they're getting they're getting it there's nothing I can say and I'm two like, 14 year old obviously out of place white yeah, boys like, stuck on an elevator with some jacked up motherfuckers and then like I press the button and it doesn't go and one of them looks at the other and goes. So damn Tyrone, if I don't take this long, I take the stairs. And I'm like, <laughs> like that doesn't match what? Because like, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh, okay, all right, well, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Right. So then we go, we get our shit, and I just remember looking at their shoes because I stared down because I didn't want to make eye contact and piss somebody off inadvertently because I don't know social cues. So I look down and I'm like, I'm paid attention to the to their shoes, and I go out and I get, uh, you know, we get our shit from the vending machine and we get back on, and as we're going back up. You know, because we took forever picking out our vending machine. You're like, do I want to mix it with Dr. Pepper? Or do I want to do like fruit drink? I don't know, man. So, What's going to follow this Captain Morgan the best, bro? 
so we spent enough time in the in the vending machine area that when we got back on the elevator, you know, as we're going back up, Tyrone and his buddy are on there, but they're dressed up in in their dresses, full elegant evening gowns with makeup, but they still have their boots on. They still have these, still got these Timberlands big on. ass Tims on. <laughs> and then I'm like, what in the Same f- guys. Same guys. They were the- just dressed in drag now. Yeah. And then it was the Miss Beautiful Man pageant. Yeah. We in were in Atlanta. the hotel with a drag pageant. Had no idea. And it was like, but it wasn't even like a typical drag pageant. It was like you have one day yeah. where you're in formal male attire, you're in a, a tuxedo, and you get flowers for winning that one. And the second night, you do it in an evening gown. Yeah. And, and I was we like, were, for me being, you know, never ever leaving a town of more than like, t- you know, eight thousand people, right. like small, 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 small town. Like it was a, it was such a culture shock for me to get called there. out on the Marta for applauding some slam poetry oh, yeah. to your first drag event. Oh, and then we're hotel. walking to Underground Atlanta because you know we thought that was a good idea. Oh, the pimp. Oh yeah, pimp. And then that one guy was like, he's like, "Yo, cracker, you smoke Kush?" And I'm like, "No, sir. <laughs> no, no. Mm, no. What's Kush? <laughs> Do I want to smoke it?" <laughs> No, sir. <laughs> yeah, we were way out of our element. Underground, I heard, has went f- to the fucking dogs. Like, it's not the cool... Like, you remember we went down there and we bought hacky sacks and we were, like, fucking hanging out down there? I don't know what you remember. I remember it still being fucking shitty, dude. <laughs> I loved it, dude. They had all these little shops. It was like being on a street in Mexico, but you were underground. Oh, it was cool just because it felt like an adventure. Like, I might not make it out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what your idea of a good time is, bro, but that's mine. But like a crackhead would just like just get finished like shooting up and he goes, hey, I just found a spoon. You want to buy it? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. And then we, had a, we met a pimp in full velvet. And then, full disclosure, we went to a Nickelback concert, and to say it changed my life was an understatement, because I was for, I was feeling it, too. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know what? Fuck. Fuck them. Fuck, fuck the haters. Nickelback is one of the greatest bands of all time. When you're a teenage boy and you just want to rock, rock out to some heavy drop D guitar yeah, and see some, some dude. kicking fucking music. You see, a, you see a fugly angel in Chad Kruger, Kroger, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's spelled Kroger. I think it's pronounced Kruger, but he's got these blonde ringlets, oh, and he's yeah. got these boot-cut jeans, and he's got harnesses on his leather boot, and he leans way back. You remember the lean way back? Oh, yeah. And then fucking pyro, just kapah, kapah, kapah. Yeah. There was a fucking, yeah. Yeah, well, never seen nothing like that before. Made me who I am today. <laughs> Whatever. Nickelback's the shit. I don't give a fuck. You mix fireworks with leather boots and, and jeans from Buckle. Oh. Yeah. Dude, yeah, mm. that was my shit. Beer I'd still cans. be wearing that if my wife didn't make fun of me for it. If everybody didn't make fun of me for it. That's yeah. one thing that I've like. I am deeply closeted as far as the Nickelback. <laughs> I'm not. I don't even care anymore. Fuck them. I would rather people think I'm a pedophile than Nickelback. <laughs> like Nickelback? No, 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 no. Oh, good. Uh, I don't understand that because they go multi platinum every time, and everyone's like, yeah, "Somebody's buying those fucking records." We all hate them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but we all love them too, right? Whatever. <laughs> Everyone, every single person listening to this podcast, I guarantee. Fucking tea you. You know every word to how you remind me and don't lie and say you don't. Travis, what are you hiding? What is it on your phone? See me closing out a bunch of browsers and I'm like, is that Nickelback? I'm like, no, 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 it's kitty porn. No, no, no. <laughs> look the other way. Look the other way. All oh, right. thank God. It's just kitty porn. I thought you were a Nickelback <laughs> fan for a second. Fuck it. I'm, I'm, li- I'm here and I'm proud. Get used to it. <laughs> I'm here. I'm queer and I like Nickelback. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Whatever. They're great. Fuck it. Uh, I like Nickelback and at the time it was. Jaeger. You weren't that closeted because we had tickets to him last year before COVID killed it. Oh, that's true. We were going to go. Yeah, to the you were going to go to a concert. You can't be closeted at a concert. Yeah, but I told you like my reservations about it. Now I'm like, just nobody posts Instagram, <laughs> no Facebook, <laughs> Snapchat stories, nothing. All right. Speaking of stories, 
we're going to go over, uh, some sometimes we do a breakdown where we talk about a bit. This time we're going to talk about some stuff in comedy news. So we've got our uh, lovely producer. Hello, hello. Travis's wife, on? Kayla. We're not that fancy. Everyone calm down. <laughs> so let's see. Pull so, us up some comedy news, Kayla. All right, you got? let's go over some comedy news. So first up, we've got evidently comedian Jimmy Carr gotten some uh, negative feedback for his latest show on Netflix or his special on Netflix. Who would have thought a shock comic would be getting canceled during the cancel yeah, culture cool. era? Crazy. So it was what did he say? evidently a Holocaust remark. Uh, of course. Scroll down here. He's not the only one. In Netflix, in his Netflix stand-up special, his documentary card said, when people talk about the Holocaust, they talk about the tragedy of six million Jewish lives being lost to the Nazi war machine, but they never mention the thousands of gypsies that were killed by Nazis. Okay. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> no one ever wants to talk about that because no one ever wants to talk about the positives. Carr added, there it is. The audience can then be heard laughing and clapping. Well, like, it's obvious he's just saying it to be shocking. Yeah, well, I mean, like, isn't half of Carr's thing just being the guy who deals with hecklers? Yeah, and just being as shocking as possible. Yeah, His thing is, like, it's a lot of bait and switch, and he says something really shocking, and then he, like, oh, you thought that's what I was going to say? Actually, it's more shocking. Oh, here's a fucking hot take, straight white male, coming up with this out of nowhere. It's all about intent, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, if, you, if he was legitimately a person who hated gypsies or whatever then that would be taken completely different. But like the, also don't, they don't like being called gypsies, right? They like, they prefer the Romani people or whatever. Travelers. I think it's Romani. Whatever. Regardless, if he actually hated that, if he was actually racist against that group of people and then said that, that there might be, but dude, like it's all about, it's a fucking joke. It's a joke. Here's the thing too about that. So like, obviously the joke is, you know, yeah, it was bad that Hitler killed Jews, but it was good that he got rid of some people that we wanted to get killed. Hitler killed a lot of people. He he didn't just kill Jews. He killed black people, too. He killed homosexuals as well. Yeah. So he could have easily traded out gypsies for black people. Right. And it would have gotten way darker or whatever. So the fact yeah. that he decided to go with, I mean, oh, man. Even if he did go with any of these other ones, like the whole point of the joke is like he's trying to make light of something that's obviously horrible. Yeah, well, that's like, yep, see, Roma. Somebody t- who is this? Auschwitz Memorial tweeted. Three thousand Roma, and since he deported to Auschwitz, it's sad to hear words that can fuel prejudice and hurt people. Like, uh, I don't think he's fueling prejudice. Yeah, it's not like the fucking anti-gypsy Klansmen, mm-hmm. whatever their version of that is. See, like, probably the regular right there Klansmen. It's like I get that. If you're out there fueling hate, if I was out there saying, "Hey, gypsies are horrible people," and here's why, and I was yeah. trying to do some, sort I'm of glad like, Hitler killed them. That's a different fucking thing. Them being like, it's at a comedy show, so immediately everything he says has to be taken non seriously. And like, this isn't a TED talk. This isn't like a here's my political statement right. on the world. Here's a funny thing I put together using words. Like it fucking kills me. And it's not like the KKK is using Jimmy Carr's stand up comedy as a fucking rally speech. You Look know? right here. I have scroll down scroll a little. Down. Okay, I've written urging Netflix to remove Jimmy Carr's vile anti GRT and anti. Oh. What are all these new terms? Anti-GRT? That's got to be Gypsy Romani Traveler. Travelers. Jesus, dude, I'm fuck. proud Everybody's... of us for putting that shit together. Oh my that god, was fucking impressive. I hope that's what that is, and it's, it's not. It's like... not. It's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus Christ, it's... Dude, I I get it. I get it. People need to defend people 
Oh, no. GRT Jewelers. That's it might just be a term that's still too new. It hadn't caught yet. But, I mean, the thing is, I think all speech should be free, even if you want to say some hateful shit. We just don't have to listen to you. But it's on Netflix. I get it. But the thing about a joke is, if you're... You gotta say something that's unexpected. Yeah. So if you're set, what does that say? <laughs> what does GRT stand for? And this one says, "Good rocking tonight." Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think that's what that meant. <laughs> but the whole point is to be unexpected. Yeah. And if I was like, well, the good thing, I mean, it's everybody talked about how bad it was to kill the Jews, but the good thing is, so he's created a problem. What is good about the Holocaust? There's not a lot of answers there that you could find out. That he's- that would be. That would still be funny. I mean, you could do it and do it in a non, uh, you know, offensive way. But that's not Jimmy Carr. His thing is he he makes you think he's going to say something non-offensive, and then he says something even more offensive. Well, here's the thing: could you not do that with literally every joke in the world? It's only the jokes that speak about an ethnic group, a race, a gender. Something like one of the big things that they can pluck on. Because you could do that with literally any joke. What was the last breakdown we did? What was the Tom last? Segura. Tom Segura. Mm-hmm. What, what joke? Um, Tom Segura doing... Oh, uh, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Yeah. So in there, he talks about Steven Seagal doing uh, martial arts and being crazy. You could easily be like, Tom Segura needs to stop spreading hateful speech about but, the but, heritage of Japanese martial arts. Yeah. But because he doesn't say that, we're Japanese, it's it's fucking safe. It's it's so ridiculous that anytime one of the buzzwords, either a gender, a religion, a, a race, a heritage, one of those pops up, Im- immediately there's a group of people who are upset about it. Fix this tablecloth, it's making me go crazy. My thing is you should be allowed to say whatever you want. You know, even if it is hateful, you know, you just don't have to listen to it. So he's got a huge platform. He's on Netflix. He's not inciting violence. He's not telling people to go do bad things. So it's like... It's ridiculous. He should be allowed to say it. And if people don't like it, they don't have to watch it. And if they stop watching, you know, his stock goes down. Netflix is not going to give him another special. And then if that lady says, I hate it, I think it was anti-GRT, whatever, 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 that's fine. But she's allowed to say that. Sure. But when it gets to the point where she's like, I'm urging Netflix to cancel. and these That's people, the problem right there. Yeah, it's just that people are bending to the will of people who get bent out of shape. If you take your Twitter platform and announce to all of your followers, hey... Let's not watch Jimmy Carr's special because we shouldn't agree with the things he's saying. Mm-hmm. 100% okay with that. When you start asking a business to take money out of that guy's pocket because you got your feelings hurt, Agreed. and I guarantee 100% I will bet every dollar in my wallet, every dime I've ever made, that bitch is not Romani, Gypsy, or a traveler. But also, I guarantee you that bit killed. Yeah, because well, the it people said right there, the people were laughing. And oh, and the thing is, if people are laughing, are you a, like. What are the odds that all of those people really hate gypsies and they were just waiting for somebody to get those of gypsies? Not. Of course no, not. No, they just get the joke. They understand comedy. It's uh, yeah, it's I don't you can't think make we, yeah. light you can't make light of horrible situations at all. I think all you anymore. can. Oh yeah, but that's that's the whole thing about comedy is like yeah, we used to make jokes at funerals of our relatives. Of course, because that's how you deal with that shit sometimes. I I might like as a joke, like just to me, and I know it'll People don't like it, but if somebody cuts me off in traffic, I'm like, oh man, I hope you die screaming. I don't yeah, it's funny. genuinely wish somebody bad. I don't well, wish sometimes. No, I don't wish bad on anybody <laughs> in the world. I don't need that kind of karma floating out there. I don't have a mean spirit of bone in my body. I don't want anybody to do bad. I wish we could all do well. Fairy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But sometimes it's just funny to express things in a certain way. Sometimes you deal with hard things in a in a funny way. 
obviously there's a lot of tension right now with you know social issues and, and politically correct and all this other stuff. So if he wants to attack it that way, and the fact that the audience is responding, I think it says a lot more about people are fed up with politically correct culture than it does there's more there's a giant anti gypsy sentiment. Right. And here's my question. That that woman who claims she wants net she's urging Netflix to take it down or whatever. Here's my question. Who is this? What is her name? Nadia Whit Whitome. Uh, okay. So not anyone important. Well, she's verified. Okay, but here's my here's my question about her. Um, what are the odds that she was like a diehard stand-up comedy Jimmy Carr oh, fan? Oh shit, she's a member of the Parliament of the United Kingdom. <laughs> Whoops. So maybe, okay, so she's not. She's not some nobody. She's, she's not a fucking gypsy. <laughs> but she's got some weight. Well, she might. You know be. who I bet? Well, well, hold on. She might be. <laughs> you know who I bet? The member of the Parliament. You know what I bet the member of the Parliament has a fucking house. Like I bet that's the thing. Uh, here's she, here's my point. You think she was just a diehard stand-up comedy Jimmy Carr fan organically listening to his set and was like super offended? No, she sought that shit out or someone well, brought it to her attention. This specific example, I don't know what her motivation was to go ape shit. She might be genuinely offended because she's seen some horrific shit done to gypsies. That's fine. And that's why well, I, said, I doubt it because she looks like she's 40. That's true. But the point I'm making is, is like I think people should be allowed to be outraged. Like I think born in ninety six. She's twenty three. What? Bitch, you don't get an opinion. <laughs> she gets an opinion. She's had a hard life. She's twenty three and she looks like she's fifty six, dude. <laughs> she's twenty five. She looks like every substitute teacher you don't want Fuck because that. they're not gonna play the Fuck video. Fuck that cunt. That's what I think. Oh, she's twenty five. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Here's here's my thing. It's not like she's a diehard stand up comedy fan and he came out of nowhere and said something super offensive that turned her. She had, she this shit wasn't for you queer. anyway, bitch. She speaks fluent French and German. Oh, she's yeah. does she speak Romani. Suffering she's a with, vegan. Of fucking wait, course she is. Why is she? Why is she suffering with post traumatic stress? What she got PTSD for? Suppose would be taking a leave of absence. Dude, fucking Wikipedia is so garbage these days. They're like she has PTSD. No wait, source up, from what? Whip, whip, whatever her name is has. Described herself as a baptized Catholic who does not follow any religion, follow any religion and has taken affirmation rather than an oath of office. I'm a and baptized Catholic, but I'm an atheist. I'm like, you just... I'm a baptized Catholic who has decided okay. to do affirmation instead <laughs> okay. of oath of office. Right. Also, meet is murder and Jimmy Carr's the I'm, I'm going to need you to scroll up real quick. What's his, which is, which is cunt face his name again? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for joining just, me. Just let me have this for a second. Okay. Whitome. Whitome. That is the definition of she was not the pretty girl in high school, so there she for she didn't get the affirmation she needed from her friends, so she doesn't have a fucking personality. She ain't got any goddamn skills. So the thing that that bitch needed to do was get as many titles as she can. She's like she couldn't develop a personality, so she's gonna align herself with all these ridiculous yes. fucking titles. How are you a baptized Catholic who doesn't practice religion? Why even say it? <laughs> like, what are your religious Go views, off, sister? What are your religious views? I don't have any. No, I'm a baptized Catholic, but I didn't. Tie and I, I don't believe in the angel Nadia let's move on next one Fuck listen I don't believe in God but I love being touched by preachers and also a big fan of swimming pools so I got I'm that I'm a tossed. vegan but I also enjoy steaks so there's that Fuck that bitch. I'm a meat-eating yeah. vegan? Your opinion does not matter. That that comedy special was not for you, bitch. Stop watching it. <laughs> God. 
Okay. That's I told yeah, you yeah. that bitch had nothing to do with that community. Yeah. She's just standing up for shit because she wanted to get a t- My point just to try to like cuz I need to re- put it back Fucking. on the I think people can, should have all the right in the world to be outraged and I think people should have all the right in the world to say offensive stuff. And the point is if you don't like what people I don't know are if I saying I agree with that. Well, I mean, I can be outraged, but it's how people express their outrage now. It used to it's be It's okay for you to be outraged as long as it's okay for me to ridicule you for it. That's fine too. Like that's the thing. I think everybody okay. should be allowed to say anything they want to say. So if I want to get up here and say the N word ten times and then nobody wants to be my friends Please after don't. that, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying if I were to do something so stupid and just drop hard in bombs for twenty minutes and then nobody wants to be my friend after that, that's fine. That's yeah. how that works. Yeah, that's... But if if I were to get up here and make a joke like Jimmy Carr did, and then all of a sudden someone who doesn't know me but they are outraged, instead of them just being outraged or talking to me about being outraged, they decide to go to my employer and get me fired, then that's just a person who's trying to fight a battle to search for meaning. They have no purpose in their life, so they're trying to find it in places they don't need to be looking. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. We ready to move on? Yeah, I gotta calm down. I'm like, fucking corn air. She gone. I'm gonna smoke me a cigarette. What else we got? Anybody got a Vicodin? I stored a line as big as this fucking table right here. Sad. This one's very sad. Great. Uh, Recently, we... We lost two awesome comedians. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Louis Anderson and Bob, Bob Saget. Saget yeah. yeah, I don't blame them. No, oh, for just wanting to get out. <laughs> yeah, fuck just it. Fucking... Did you see what happened to Jimmy Carr over a slight Holocaust <laughs> gypsy joke? They were Bob... trying to get the fuck out of here. How did Bob Saget not get canceled? That's a good point. Okay, He I'm said a... a lot of offensive shit. Full stop, I only know Louis Anderson from his brief stint on Family Feud. Oh yeah, I know him from the gap in his teeth. <laughs> Look at it. That's he was sixty-eight. Oh, no, I, I watched one of his. He's really good though. There was a comedy um, VHS I had when I was a kid. It was like a life aid kind of thing where they were trying to raise money, and it was like a benefit, and it had Billy Crystal and a bunch of other comedians, mm-hmm. and he was on there. And I remember liking him as a kid. He's got. I mean, he was. I mean, he wasn't like. He definitely wasn't Jimmy Carr. He wasn't a shock comic or anything like that. He had a lot of, I mean, like, look at him. He had a lot of those jokes. Point like, is, we couldn't name one of his jokes right now. If- yeah, I know a couple of his stuff. He's got stuff about eating food in, like, France. Having beans for breakfast is weird. Like, he's like a that type of comic where he talks about... He's a, he's an observationalist comic, you I sure think. you're not getting him confused with John Panay? I'm... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm not sure. But I'm... I'm pretty sure that he has a bit about eating too much and having If you beans. held a gun to my head right now and gave me a week and oh a search engine, I couldn't Look. come up with one of his I mean, I'd fuck him there. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember he was talk like Louis Anderson. Either way, super tragic that he passed away. Uh, I was I, more... I liked... I mean, he wasn't like my favorite comic of all time or anything, so but definitely he was, sad he was a funny guy. Passed. And I think, I think he was one of those guys who was really good to other comics. I think he was one of those guys who was like helped other comics grow. I've heard that from a couple of podcasts and stuff. Now, Bob Saget. I'm bummed out about. Yeah. Dude, if you guys have not heard him doing The Aristocrats, the that joke. That was one of the first the things that we like, bonded over. Dude, was, that shit was fucking We used to just tell that level. in middle school and high school yeah. to our friends just because, you know, at that age, they just they, we didn't have any like comedy chops, but we could just sit there and go back and forth yeah. and say grotesque stuff and get a laugh. Well, for those of you who don't know, Bob Saget was obviously the dad on Full House. Full, Full House. House. Full House. And, you know, typical sitcom dad, wholesome or whatever, absolutely one of the filthiest motherfuckers that ever existed. Yeah. To hear some of his stand up and to hear him specifically do the aristocrats joke, which there was a, a 
documentary film that actually Penn Gillette produced about the aristocrat about joke. About the aristocrat joke, and he did he did it on there, and it is the most vile, filthy shit ever. He's hilarious. He's got all kinds of just super crude and grotesque jokes. He talks about like when Mary Kate and Ashley were little, oh, like yeah. copping fills and shit, like. Just, Stuff he could not say now, for sure. But he is absolutely one of the funniest, grossest motherfuckers that ever lived and somehow got put in the position of America's Funniest yeah. Videos and videos. America's Dad. So many people were shocked when they saw a stand-up because they were expecting Danny Tanner or the AFV guy. Yeah, and he's like, let me tell you about this time I was fucking this broad. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. But, Danny went dark. Yeah, I just liked, I liked his comedy a lot, and I liked, um, I just like listening to him in interviews and podcasts. I just enjoyed listening to him. I, I really liked him, so I was bummed out to hear that he passed away. He was one of the, he was one of the good dudes fighting that good fight, man. Yeah. Like, even on his Instagram and stuff like that, it'd be him in a hot tub with some hot bitch smoking a cigar, and I don't think, he was one of those guys that I don't think it was lost on him. Like, he was like, this is pretty fucking dope that this is my life. Like, he, he seemed like the type of guy who always, I'm out. Can you give me another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always seemed like the type of guy who, uh, oh, fucking orange, my favorite. Bud Light Seltzer hard sodas, fucking fire. Get them. Yeah. Anyways, uh, here's one to Louie and Bob. Louie and Danny Tanner. All right, moving on. Next, we have Whoopi Goldberg evidently gotten some trouble, too. Oh, yeah, she did too. some Holocaust shit, too. Um, she got suspended for two weeks. They on suspended her? Show, her? The View. Really? So, I mean, I knew she said. I knew some they shit. were like canceling her or whatever, but I know she got suspended. I didn't know she got kicked off the show. Let's see, what's it say? The View host will be Goldberg for two suspended for two weeks on Tuesday night, hours after she apologized for having falsely declared on the daytime program that the Holocaust was not about race. See, I think she said some stupid shit by getting it confused, like by saying that. I mean, obviously, the Nazis she should have said color. If she changed the word race to color. She'd been fine. Well, no, because she she tried to clarify by saying it wasn't about race; it was about ethnicity. And in her yeah. eyes, race is color, and ethnicity is, you know, religion or whatever you identify with. But the the Nazis for sure thought the Jews were an inferior race, and they wanted to exterminate them. So, anyways, this this is go, going back to the the uh, the Jimmy Carr point. I think it's different, though. I mean, here's I'm, the thing. First of all, let me let me start off by saying I don't. Fuck about what Whoopi Goldberg said on the View. <laughs> I want to start clearly with that, but I also want to say that there is a difference in making a joke for the sake of joke and saying something that you actually believe. I think she was just confused on what she meant. Yeah, I think that's all it is. Like, obviously, she's not dumb enough to think that the Holocaust wasn't about oh, some it's type not of about race. race, but rather man's inhumanity to man. No, I'm pretty sure it's about race. Yeah, <laughs> no. Nah, child, it's about man's inhumanity to man. <laughs> yeah, she just, she meant to say color. Was not about I don't know what the fuck she meant to color. say. Whatever she said, it was stupid, but I don't think she'd be, she should be kicked off the show. Like, if she sucks at her job, like, I don't give a fuck about The View. Cancel the whole thing. I, I've never watched it. Right. Like, I don't give a fuck about Whoopi Goldberg. You know what, though? You know what? I would like to, because I don't keep up with The View, I know, how dare me, but I would like to know what shit she has canceled other motherfuckers for before this because that greatly determines how i feel about if she's that type of because the view seems like that type of show if she's that type of bitch who would have said some shit about jimmy carr yeah and then she does this then yeah fucking cancel Mm -hmm. her suspend her and kick her off the show and set her on fire Mm -hmm. starting with those god-awful dreads god damn it change your hair (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) 
Patrick Swayze. I mean, she fucked Demi Moore in Ghost. Nobody was talking about how weird of a fucking scene that was. <laughs> she's like, oh, she's getting felt up by, by Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Bitch, you are fucking Whoopi Goldberg. And like, as lesbian sex goes, Demi, I feel like you could do a lot better. Yeah, I'd fuck Demi Moore. But not Whoopi. Bro, I just, I, might. I don't like. For the money. I don't like the cancel culture anything. It's just like, my thing is like, leave people alone with their fucking jobs and it's like, fire people based on performance or if they suck. And if she continues to say stupid shit, then no get rid of her. her heart and that she's not an anti-Semite. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I can't stand cancel culture. I can't stand the fact that people can't say shit anymore. Unless it's truly hateful. Like, if you say something truly hateful about a race or a religion or a gender or whatever, and you mean that shit... Mm-hmm. With hate in your heart. Oh yeah, one tent is ninety percent of the battle here. Then yeah, that you should be reprimanded. You know, taking it to where you work and all that shit. That's up. Whatever. That doesn't matter. Well, I'm sure most companies don't want people who actually hate other people representing them. Of course not. But I don't think that's the case here either. She just what she said, like you said, she misspoke. She said something stupid. I think she believes and means what she said. I think she thinks that. Holocaust was white people versus white people. I would love to know because here's the thing: and she thinks it's an ethnic thing, not a race thing. Jimmy Carr, you know, one hundred percent. Jimmy Carr has never said that's offensive. (laughs) We need some (laughs) council culture. I'm so sick of people taking these platitudes and words and making them movements. Cancel culture. Nick Cannon. Fuck Nick Cannon. Fuck Nick Cannon. He's canceled a ton of motherfuckers for some bullshit just like this. And you want to talk about racist? Nick Cannon does not like white people, dude. No. It's okay. You said it's we're whatever. evil because of our lack. Anyways, I don't care. Like, this news, it's depressing. Let's get something else. Well, this Here. one's spicy. That was a spicy one. Are you ready for this one? Yes. Yeah. T.I., famous. Is he, he? Would you consider him a rapper? Well, yeah. What yeah. else are you going to consider him? Well, he doesn't really rap. Well, he doesn't yeah, do he opera. Does. It's closer to rap Cars than anything and else. Money. Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, you he's a rapper. Whatever you like. Southern rapper. Stacks on me, Patron me. on ice. Anyways, he tried his hand at stand-up. Really? Is he broke? How the fuck did that go? <laughs> on January 20th, evidently there was a, a Grand Hustle footage. General. Did he try writing more than one good song? Going or? around. I don't know. The ladies. Before he went to stand-up, or was that like... I don't think he's hurting for money, so he must have like, really wanted... I don't think he's broke. You wouldn't think so. He's still got to be like... Anything you like, money still got to be rolling. In. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't heard. I play it pretty regular. I would imagine he's doing okay <laughs> with money. So I'm thinking he's just doing it because he wants to. So I wait, support wait. it. I have to read this. The ladies like, yeah, it do. It still count. See, y'all motherfuckers ain't shit, man. Ladies cheat. They ain't better than us. So don't get into the game because that shit is going to be fucked up for you. Oh, can, we- can I play it? Please do. Turn the sound up on that. Now. If you ever get into the area yeah. of cheating, that's no man's land. Right? You don't want to do that. Like, you know, it's like to have friends and shit. Like, let me ask y'all a question. Can you be in a committed relationship and still have a friend from the opposite sex? Yes. Now, if you're fucking, it don't count. The lady's like, yes, it do. It's the account. It's the account. You see how bad motherfuckers ain't shit. Man, ladies cheat way better than us, so don't get into the game, okay? Because the shit is gonna be fucked up for you. Besides, cheat, cheating is a big, big game anyway, okay? You got a little man. dick, don't keep that to yourself. You know what I'm saying? 
You can go ahead and stop it. I've seen enough. So uh, here's what happened. He got cheated on, right? That's no. I mean, but I mean, like, one hundred percent. What happened here, right? Like, so if you can look at it from new stand-ups, because I mean, that's what we're talking about in this whole podcast. Uh, besides, when we go off on that poor bitch from the United well, he Kingdom, got booed and told to get off the stage. Well, I mean, yeah, he sucks, but that's not what I'm saying. Like, the premise there is like cheating is a big dick game. If you got a little dick, you can't cheat because you don't want that information being spread around. I'm like, that's a premise that someone could make funny. Sure, yeah. He didn't. Here's the, here's the, <laughs> well, no, here's the, here's the problem. And with all due respect to T.I. here, if you heard that at your Richmond open mic at the brewery... Oh, it was on par. Would not have surprised you at all. <laughs> no. Right? It was the fact par. that he's already famous, people yeah. expect too much of him. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Here's the fucking thing. Comedy's hard, dude. It's harder than people give it credit for. What I love for. about it is like, you can add. It's a great equalizer. You can be an actor and get auto tuned and someone write a song for you and maybe make a hit song because you're so popular, people are going to listen. Like, oh, did you check out fucking Will Ferrell's got a song? And they'll go look, whatever. Yeah. So with comedy, though, it doesn't work like that because laughter is involuntary. Yeah. So if you're not making me laugh, then I'm just sitting through a really boring TED talk yep. about cheating. So. I mean, I mean, for your first time going up, we've seen some people go up for their first time and not have any jokes. So, I mean, I'm not going to say... Oh, I'm glad I didn't start reading that quote. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> when it comes to getting behind that motherfucking mic, word I can't say, putting some shit to music, ain't nobody fucking with me. Bros. None of them. He declared in an Instagram video, you ain't never heard of me on no record with nobody, and they dusted me, bro. I don't know what he's talking about. I think he's saying like he got booed off stage and they were like, well, how'd that feel to get behind the microphone? He's like, but I can rap though. <laughs> like I'm good at rapping though. That he's, didn't go well, right. sure. But I can rap though. Dude's rich. I was Hopefully. What, look up his net worth before I start going out on this dude. What's T.I.'s net worth? Fix the fucking tablecloth again. You keep pulling it because you're all angry. Because I'm fat. You want a blankie? Here. Now, now fix it. There we go. Yeah. We got here. Jesus. 50 million. Yeah, not not open mic money. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying he's the richest motherfucker, but he's he got more eight. than I got. Okay, so he's 41. Dang. 41, he's got 50 million in the bank. He doesn't Dude, I could write a set for TI right now based off this information. Early life, T.I. was born Clifford Joseph Harris Jr. So y'all may be wondering how I got my name T.I. Well, it's because I didn't want to rap by the name Clifford. Like, I didn't want to right there. No, right I didn't want to rap by Clifford ha Joseph Harris. They gave him the fucking his whole name was a law firm, dude. Yeah. He's all the partners in one name, Clifford Joseph Harris. <laughs> in Alabama, he is the son of Clifford Buddy Harris and Violetta. Violetta. Ooh. He was raised by his grandparents, of course he was, in Atlanta's Center Hill neighborhood. He was a drug dealer. Okay, he could tons of jokes about that. He could just make jokes about the fact that he's a fucking rapper that nobody like pays attention to anymore. Yeah. He's like, Hey, I'm T.I. Y'all remember me? That's a laugh right there. But besides that, I mean, like, he could make jokes about anything. So I mean, obviously that's his first time going up. He's probably not done a class or knows anybody who's doing comedy. Yeah, he's you probably know what, not you should know what's funny, dude. Maybe not. What I'm just saying is like for your first time going up. I, anybody can get leeway because if he goes up for his first time and sucks, nobody is supposed to be good the first time they go up. Sure, but I think I'm kind of I'm kind of backtracking and going hypocritical of what I said earlier when I was like, you know, anybody can try it. So anybody, he sucks. No, comedy's hard. It's absolutely hard. But 
you know who it's probably easier for? Someone who has $50 million and access to tons of people who can help him be yeah, better at that's it. That's true. Like, how many... It would be really hard for me to learn how to speak like with a French accent. But if I was I had a prof- fifty million dollars, fifty million dollars in accent coach, yeah, like there, but, it's gonna like did he talk to no one? Was he maybe. just out one time? And was Let's like, imagine, you know what I'm yeah. gonna try. If he did that, then that, respect. That's what I'm hoping because I'm I'm wanting to see the best. Out. Maybe Surely this he dude, ran it by his crew. I just imagine he's out. He's having a good time. You know, probably got locked down from COVID, so now he's out. He's drinking. He's at a comedy thing. He's like, I watched a lot of comedy when I was locked down. I'm gonna go try this. I bet I could be funny. He gets on stage and everybody sees Ti. Like, damn, this dude's gonna come out swinging, and you he has it. that weak ass shit, like no jokes. So he gets booed, and I'm like, you would think. Here's here's the question I want to know: Did Ti write any of his own songs, or did he perform all of them? Because that's the question. Well, I mean, if you're rapping, like I'd have to imagine those are your, you're writing the raps. Well, if it, I like, he's not writing the beats. He's not producing the sound. I know that, but if he wrote the lyrics, mm-hmm. there's a parallel between lyric writing and comedy, because all comedy is half the time is coming up with a unique way to say something that everyone. Just click knows. that first one, okay? So if like, holy shit, he wrote a lot of songs. He wrote a hundred and eight songs. Yeah, so he's he's got no excuse. Pledge because allegiance to the swag. Did, did, <laughs> pledge allegiance to the swag is a better punchline than anything he said on stage. <laughs> like that's all songwriting is is. Oh wow! Like an interesting way to say something people are already thinking. That's all comedy is. So there should be a parallel. He should be able to poetically put together some shit instead of being like, "Man, bitches ain't shit." Okay. Which, by the way, is in a ton of a ton rap of songs. <laughs> my thing, <laughs> my thing with Ti is this: cool that he tried open mic. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to have a future, and he's starting it a little late in the game. But m- the thing I don't like he's is probably the same age we are, bro. He's, he's forty-one. 41. Really? Yeah, he looks good for forty-one. <laughs> Does he? Does he? Yeah, dude. For forty one, he looks better than I look, dude. He looks like a black. Uh, what's the evil puppet from? Dude, uh, walk me and him into any female room, and be like, which one you fucking? It's him every time, dude. Look at him. Okay, yeah, maybe he's five eight though. So he's also got a huge cock, <laughs> maybe, and fifty goddamn million dollars. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. My uh, point before we got off on Ti's penis. My whole point is, as we often do, as we often do, I get off on Ti's penis. <laughs> It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Anyways, my whole point is moving on. Cool that he was, um, that he tried stand up. It didn't go his way. The thing that I don't like is afterwards he was like, "Man, if I was fucking rapping, it would have been good." So <laughs> was like, "So that didn't go great, huh?" He's like, "Man, whatever. I could rap though." <laughs> That's not what we're asking here. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Because we've got like you don't go to you don't go to somebody after they lose the Super Bowl and be like, hey, you really missed that pass there at the end. He's like, yeah, but I fuck you up in checkers. No, but we've got a bunch of like we got a, a bunch of comedians that come to the open mic that are also mechanics. And oh yeah. Could you imagine if they got booed? He's like, man, but if I was if I was redoing your training right now, you would. <laughs> let me let me pick a different car part. I don't want to say that. If I was. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that word. Anymore. If I was changing your spark plugs right now, you wouldn't boo me. Dude, whatever. My 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 oh. my. I was rotating in tires. No, what was I thinking? What was, what oh. was the, my metaphor was way better than yours. Oh, but I was just saying, that's the actual parallel. It was like, it's like, oh, I suck at the thing I'm trying, but if I was doing my real job that I get paid for, Whatever. I'm way better at that. I was funnier than you, and I've always been funnier than you, and this is bullshit. Aw. 
All right, you ready to wrap this one up, buddy? Yeah, let's wrap this one up. So, fuck the bitch who's a gypsy. Uh, we won a competition that was super who's fucking cool. Who's not a cool. gypsy? Who's That's not a gypsy? Important. Yeah, yeah, she's just super. Anyways, keep keep trying, man. Keep like, trying, Ti. Um, uh, just please look at yourself. We'll dedicate this podcast to to Bob and Louie. And yep. uh, yeah, so next Damn. week we're probably going to talk about some of the new clubs we've been to, some of the open mics we went to, some of the new shows we've got booked on, and how we went about doing that. Um, so if you liked this episode, you like this channel, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you aren't already, and then other than that, we will catch you on the next one. Bye. See ya. Let's be clear about this, guys. We're not going to agree on everything. It's true. I'm new in. I don't know if we should keep doing news. We're getting a little heated. How was your day? How the fuck was your day? Fuck. I'm a machine. Machine. I was just like, fuck, what we go for? A bunch of stupid ghosts. Talking about bombs, you're Animals must be worth idiots. Worth idiots.